And here we go. Here we go. It is the third day of July 2023. Six o'clock straight up, which means it is time for Real Talk Memphis right here on 91.7 WYXRFM. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Uh, very happy to be here with you this evening. Uh, we survived another, we, several, several really hot days. And of course, uh, the storm, uh, the restoration effort uh, is going uh, pretty well, or at least it was until last night. So uh, folks in uh, Germantown, in Collierville, and uh, points to the east uh, got a pretty nasty storm last night, uh, which added to the power outage situation. I have not checked it uh, since uh, before uh, I got here this evening, but earlier today, uh, there was about 23,000 people who were out of power. And of course, uh, you know, my prayer is for everybody to have power restored uh, and uh, back. But, I, you know, when you drive around this city, uh, in certain areas, uh, you really uh, see what uh, the damage was, what this storm did uh, in terms of uh, trees down and fences down and, and, and some homes being damaged. You drive by certain areas and you see that blue tarp uh, on uh, some roofs out there, which means that they had uh, roof damage and they're going to have to get a new roof. So, yeah, it, it was, you know, we were all uh, fortunate that there was no loss of life uh, in terms of that. But with temperatures being this hot, uh, you, you want to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, you have the appropriate air and of course you're hydrating and you're doing all, all you can in terms of, uh, where we are in terms of power right now, it looks like they're, they're, they're kicking it pretty high right now. There's only a little over 5,000 people uh, affected, uh, this evening. So yeah, they're cutting that down a pretty good bit. And I hope, uh, that you are doing well. Uh, Everything been good the last seven days since we've been together? I uh, hope so, aside from the, the, the usual. It was in the 90s today, weather-wise, but it was not didn't have the bite that it had the uh, last several days. It seemed like the humidity was a little bit less, and it was a bit more tolerable uh, in terms of that. At least that was my perspective anyway. I, hope we, uh, you know, I don't know how you felt about it, but that's how I felt about it. We have a pretty good show for you tonight. We're going to talk about a variety of issues uh, that are happening out here and some things that maybe even you hadn't thought about uh, in a while. Uh, my first guest uh, is uh, Kelly Seely. Kelly uh, is a, a very good friend of mine, but she's also someone who uh, dealt with something that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people dealt with, which was COVID-19. Uh, she contracted COVID like, like almost everybody you know, uh, but when the initial symptoms ended, uh, she noticed that there were some lingering things that were happening to her uh, physically that weren't uh, quite right and quite normal. Maybe uh, many of you have heard of the term long COVID. There are thousands of people in this country uh, who are dealing with symptoms from long COVID. And we'll talk to Kelly a little bit about that. She's been doing some speaking about it. People need to understand that this is a real thing. And, uh, and, and a lot of people are still suffering uh, in various ways from it. We will talk to her uh, and uh, Dr. Kripalani uh, from Vanderbilt University will kind of explain uh, more of the details in reference to that. So I look forward to that conversation. A little bit later on, we'll be talking uh, to Jackie Olson. She is the founding organizer of Memphis Black Healers Collective. I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but uh, you know a lot of us need to be healed from the inside out. She's also a certified yoga instructor, uh, and really her, her focus is really all about wellness, health and wellness. And we're going to talk a little bit about her focus and her function and her organization. And 
a little bit later on in the second half hour, we will be speaking with Reverend Melvin Watkins from the uh, Mount Vernon Baptist Church. Uh, and he is going to talk with us about a very special project that they uh, are getting into down there. You, you remember, for, for folks who've lived here all their lives, uh, for many of you who may have lived in the South Memphis area, uh, you remember that, that twin uh, movie, uh, that drive-in movie theater, the twin, way back in the day? Uh, that area, and of course the twin's been down now for about, what, 20 years at least, a couple of decades. Well, what... Uh, he and a lot of the folks over at the uh, CDC, the Westwood CDC, are trying to do is redevelop that area. They're trying to, you know, get it back to at least some semblance of how it used to be with grocery stores and businesses, uh, police precincts. You know, we're trying to revitalize uh, various areas of town. And Westwood is one of our cherished parts of town, uh, uh, cherished parts of town, I should say. Uh, and we look forward to having that conversation with him a bit later on. So. Uh, before we get moving and grooving, as they say, uh, we have to do a little thing called birthdays. A lot of July birthdays uh, in the house. And, uh, of course, uh, each and every week on this broadcast, we try to celebrate you and your trip around the sun, which is very, very important. But we can't do that until I tell my man, Lola, my man. Bridge. Yeah, Bridge. <laughs> I'm having a brain moment, ladies and gentlemen. Bryn, hit it, Bryn. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> I see him every single week. He's single, by the way. You guys should look him up on like social media. He's a single guy. He's a good-looking kid, too. Anyway, uh, happy birthday. Happy birthdays going out to the following folks. Uh-oh, Lola is positioning herself at the microphone. Uh, happy birthday going out to Lorraine Jones. Arthur Robinson celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Veronica Atkins, Tanera George Gibson celebrating today, as is Tanya Covington, Angela Burks, Larry Peterson celebrating his birthday today, as is Eddie Jones. Happy birthday to Cornelius Powell, to Randy Timms, and to Susan Clemens. And ladies and gentlemen, Level Lola is back on the mic. Yes, I would like to say happy birthday to my niece, Embryo. Her birthday was last week. Happy birthday to my cousin, Vincent, who we call, affectionately called Bunk. His birthday was on yesterday. Uh, okay. And a happy birthday to my friend, Tanji. Happy birthday. Her birthday is today. My lovely birthday is on Friday. And my cousin Deanna's birthday is on July 10th. You know, I heard you earlier on your show talking about, uh, you know, the July, you know, birthday. And you made some reference to that. Uh, yes. Could you please throw rose petals at our feet? Rose petals at our feet. She's such a deep. Cancer season. On Friday, remember, hit, do, uh, hit the, the, the diva up on Friday. Her birthday's coming up. Yes, please. Thank cash you. Cash app, cash app. Cash Okay. Optimal. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. So, yeah. Lola's birthday is on Friday, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be a big day. Uh, are we shutting the city down for you, Lola? Or is that just going to be... I'm leaving the city. You're leaving. She's out of the city. Okay, that's, that's how you do it. There you go. So let's take a look at some news and notes uh, before we get into the broadcast. Uh, the school board, yeah, the Memphis and Shelby County School Board, yeah, that board, uh, has uh, extended the interim contract of uh, the current interim superintendent. Her name is Tony Williams, uh, but uh, she will be excluded from being a finalist for the position. 
when she took the position, uh, it was uh, with the note that she would not be uh, she would not be considered for the superintendent. Well, she decided that she wanted to be the superintendent, and at some point they they put her name in in the, in the finalist hat. Well, anyway, that's all done. Uh, she will not be a finalist for the uh, superintendent position. They are going to reopen that. And we're probably not going to see a new superintendent unless something crazy happens between now and uh, the end of this year, maybe more like 2024. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's where that shakes out. So the city and the county passed their new budgets. Uh, Their new budgets uh, included no new property taxes in the city, uh, which even when that was proposed, they were threatening to burn the building down. So that didn't happen. Uh, and police and fire. Kudos to the folks who work for uh, Memphis Police and the uh, Memphis Fire Department. They got a 14, you heard me, 1-4, 14% pay raise. Congratulations and good for you. Uh, let's see here. The county, uh, you know, they had a big issue about the mayor wanted to raise the wheel tax and double the wheel tax from 50 to $100. Well, that got shot out of the sky as well. The compromise was instead of $50 added, they're going to add $25 added uh, so they can uh, do some, uh, some uh, you know, reimagining, uh, you know, rework over there at the Regional 1. Uh, and they're going to try to build a couple of new high schools as well. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, have heard this, but uh, Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy uh, kind of surprised us all late last week uh, with uh, the announcement Uh, that uh, he has ordered an investigation into Wanda Halbert. Wanda Halbert, of course, is the Shelby County clerk, uh, and uh, and he has assigned an independent investigator that will look into complaints, you know, about uh, the functions of her office and how she is functioning her office. This was... This is a pretty big, uh, this is a pretty big deal here. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of conversation back and forth and meetings back and forth, a bit contentious, the whole nine yards. Uh, but now we, we really got in getting into a legal authority, and and basically, uh, if proven, uh, these uh, issues could constitute a willful neglect by the uh, Shelby County Clerk Wanda Halbert to perform the duties of her office. We've not heard from her since uh, uh, this news came out late last week. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is this takes it up another level. Uh, we do know that there were some kind of commissioners who weren't happy with the job that she was doing, and there were some complaints by the public. But uh, seems lately things have been going uh, relatively decently. So we'll have to keep a very close eye on this situation uh, and where this investigation goes. The outside investigator is coming from East Tennessee, up around the Chattanooga area. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And Uh, Before uh, we finish up with news and notes, a big congratulations uh, goes out to Exodus Marketplace. What is that, you say? Uh, It is uh, the first micro-grocery in Raleigh. They don't have one, and you know, there are many places in uh, in, in, in our county that don't have supermarkets. Well, you can get fresh fruit, fresh fruit and produce and meats and a lot of things like that. You have to get on a bus and drive all the way across town about 15, 20, you know, 20, 30 minutes uh, in order to get some fresh food. Well, in Raleigh, you don't have to do that anymore. They opened up on Saturday. It's called the Exodus Marketplace, uh, and it was created to end food insecurity uh, in that specific area and of course uh, these food deserts that we that I just talked about. Uh, It's located at 4100 Raleigh Millington Road 
They opened on Saturday. It was opened by the nonprofit organization for the kingdom. So you need to we need to give them a big uh, hoorah and round of support, a round of applause for what they have done over there uh, in a much needed area of town. Now they have uh, their own supermarket uh, and you can get fresh fruits and vegetables, which is what it is all about especially when you have young kids and you're trying to raise them up right. Uh, that is going to do it for the news and notes segment of this broadcast. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. How do you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? I know some of you out there are asking the very same question. Well, we're on live right now, 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. You can also catch us live on the, on the app, the WYXR app. We are on the TuneIn app as well. Uh, we are on Facebook Live this evening, and uh, hello to the folks on Facebook Live uh, uh, setting up with me already this evening. Appreciate you, uh, GKP. I see you out there. Michael Harris, my brother, Michael Washington. Anyway, uh, and uh, when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, you can also catch us on, uh, uh, what is it, YouTube. You can catch us on YouTube once they post the show. And you can also catch us wherever you get your podcast, as, of course, we're a podcast. So anyway, uh, enough of that business. On to the show. What do you say? Let's take our first commercial break, and when we come back, we'll get into it. On this Monday evening in the city, great to be with you. Uh, I'm Chip. You know who you are. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Graceland Live, presenting Black Violin on Thursday, October 19th at the Graceland Soundstage. For nearly two decades, Black Violin has been merging string arrangements with modern beats and vocals and building bridges and communities along the way. More information available at GracelandLive.com. WYXR is supported by Graceland Live, presenting Morrissey on Saturday, October 14th at the Graceland Soundstage. The lead singer of The Smiths will perform songs from his catalog spanning over four decades, including songs from his most recent solo album, I Am Not a Dog on a Chain. More information at GracelandLive.com. Did you know you could donate your vehicle and support WYXR at the same time? We offer free pickup and it's tax deductible. Go to cars.wyxr.org to donate your car today. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on uh, this first Monday in July 2023. Chip with you. And, uh, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the broadcast. Uh, uh, I used to work at the uh, Shelby County Health Department, and so did uh, one of our first guests, 
and of course, many people, thousands and thousands and thousands of folks uh, contracted COVID uh, one way or another. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get past the initial symptoms. But what we don't hear a lot about, especially these days when people aren't talking about COVID as much as they did before, uh, is long COVID. Uh, people are suffering uh, from uh, from ailments in reference to that. Uh, some, you know, f- physical changes have taken place and a lot of other things. So I wanted to, you know, I, I, Kelly was uh, my first guest, Kelly Seeley. Uh, is uh, one of those individuals, a uh, former colleague of mine, and she's like my little sister, but, you know, uh, she uh, is still dealing with the effects of uh, long COVID. Uh, so she joins us on the show, uh, as well as uh, Dr. Kripalani uh, from Vanderbilt University. Ladies, it's great to see you, and welcome to the show tonight. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, Kelly, uh, you know, you and I worked uh, in the bunker (laughs) for about two years uh, for the COVID response unit. And, uh, you know, at one particular point in time, at the height of all this, you know, uh, many people in our office, you know, contracted COVID. uh, And, you know, they had to, you know, work from home and the whole remote thing. And it was it was it was pretty awful. You contracted COVID as well. Now, you're a mother of, of, of two. You're a married mother of two. Uh, and of course, I think a, a couple of the a couple of the family members uh, catch uh, COVID as well during that time. So we actually were at a volleyball tournament in Little Rock, Arkansas, the first weekend in January, and no masking was taking place, none of that, and except for our volleyball team and our families. And um, as the week progressed after the volleyball tournament, I started having a scratchy throat, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, being paranoid and having worked on the unit. Um, I said, you know what, let me hurry up and get a test. Um, I tested positive January 12th, um, 2022, and our then seven-year-old daughter tested positive as well. Um, Everyone in my family is immunocompromised, so it was definitely, um, I would say, rather devastating because just didn't know how it was going to turn out. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, none of us did at that time. Every day there was some new, you know, new type of adventure, new warning, new this, new that. Uh, and, and, and since that has happened uh, and you've gotten past the initial, all, all the folks in your house have gotten past the, the initial symptoms of uh, COVID-19. But at some particular point in time, you started to discover that, you know what, I'm not quite right. There are still some issues that I'm dealing with. Talk a little bit about that. So about two or three weeks, um, well, let me go back and just kind of run through a little of the symptoms that I had when I had COVID. Um, I did have the full body aches. I felt like I had been hit by a Mack truck 10 times over. Um, I had extreme fatigue where just walking to the kitchen or another side of the room was exhausting. Um, Extreme shortness of breath. Um, I started having blurred vision, which was definitely something that I hadn't really read about or heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely had a fever. Um, and just my resting heart rate just would not slow down. Um, and so two to three weeks after I had COVID, all the other stuff went away, but I still had shortness of breath. Um, the chronic fatigue was still lingering. I mean, getting dressed was exhausting. Mm -hmm. Driving to work was exhausting and let alone working a full eight day, eight hour, 10 hour shift. I was ready to pass out by the time I got home. And so. As that lingered, um, I would start noticing my vision when I'm driving street signs. I just, it would like zoom in and zoom out. And so I called my primary care physician at the time, expressed my concerns. And he just told me, you know, just hang in there. We don't know much about this thing, just hold tight. Okay, so then 
three weeks went by and I said, I'm still feeling the same. I've doubled up on multivitamins. I'm taking potassium. I'm taking every supplement you can think of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a month went by and then I started feeling these changes. Um, I'll just say psychologically, neurologically, where it would feel like my brain was unplugged from the wall. So I could be in a conversation like this and all of a sudden my brain would literally just stop. Like it was like, I can't go any further. Um, and then if you were like, yeah, Kelly, and we were just talking about this. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so that would happen a couple times at home. And my family was getting concerned. Like, Kelly, you need to get checked out. Well, I talked to my doctor again and he said, well, just hang in there. And by that time I was done because I knew something was really, really wrong. Right. Um, and I got a new, new primary care physician. I mean, I had even asked, can we do blood work? Can mm-hmm. we do MRIs? Can I do a spinal tap mm-hmm. even? I just need to know what's going on with me. So I was dismissed. Um, and I said, I want my paperwork and my medical records. I want to go to a new doctor. Um, on the very first visit, I had blood work done. I had a cognitive screener done. I had um, orders for MRI and a CAT scan. Um, and the cognitive screener, if I had been, in the words of my physician, if I had been 70 or 80, my responses would have been acceptable. But being 42, 43 at the time, there was definitely something that wasn't adding up. And so um, where I am now, um, I have still have the shortness of breath. Um, doing my hair, I get tired. Um, chronic fatigue, um, and I have all of those things. Plus I now have, I have, I stutter. I've always been a public speaker chip. You know, I've done yes. a lot of that. Yeah, I yeah. stutter now. Yeah. Um, I have word finding, um, challenges where whatever the level degree of my vocabulary was previously. Now I feel like I talk like a fifth grader or a sixth grader mm. because I just cannot come up with those words. Mm. Um, I also have, um, what they call Parkinson like tremors in my hands. Um, so there are times when I just can't hold a bottle of water. I can't write with a pen. Um, it's gotten so bad that at times my husband has said, you know, do you want me to feed you? And that's that's devastating to yeah. be this young and to be going through that. That is an incredible uh, journey uh, that you have been on. Dr. K, forgive me. I just want to make sure that I, that, please pronounce your last name so I don't muff it up. <laughs> you did a great job, Kalani. Okay, uh, Dr. Kribalani, so so where do you come in with this? And I know you work out of Vanderbilt University up, up there in Nashville, uh, but uh, you know what Kelly is describing uh, is, 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 pretty, is pretty scary stuff. And uh, I guess it is attributed to uh, what would consider long COVID? Uh, yes, exactly, that's exactly right. And you know, I'm a, I'm a primary care physician. I've been in, um, you know, taking care of patients for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when we first started to see this pandemic start to come through and you know people were saying, oh, it's a pretty self-limited disease, right? People get COVID, they, maybe two to four weeks. Yes, maybe some people get sick, they're in the ICU, but majority of people who are at home get better and they carry on with their lives. And I think about you know four or five months into this, we started to realize that even these people who didn't have a very serious case of COVID, um, their symptoms were not mild enough for many of them to even see a doctor. They were, you know, just some sniffles, some cold-like symptoms, and then they were, you know, three, four weeks later, not getting much better. Three months later, still not better. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear more and more stories coming out like this of people having fairly profound symptoms. Yeah. Um, and from things similar to what Kelly's describing as far as neurologic symptoms to um, lung symptoms, so difficulty with breathing or chest pain mm-hmm. or 
Um, but a lot of fatigue, a lot of cognitive issues, meaning, you know, difficulty with speaking, difficulty with thinking, difficulty putting thoughts together or completing tasks. And that's when we became aware that there was something more to this virus that was unique, that was different, and we needed to help these people. And I think uh, similar to what uh, Kelly was describing, um, because we didn't have a lot of information, yeah. uh, we're getting, uh, getting told that there was just, just hang in there, just stick with it, mm -hmm. you're going to get better, mm -hmm. because we have the data or the information to really know what to do and people were feeling dismissed they were feeling like they weren't being heard sure um, sort of what led us to start up the long covid clinic at vanderbilt as well as many other places that is you know that that's that's uh that's pretty stunning uh and you know when someone comes to you uh with uh, some of the symptoms that kelly described uh and at that particular point in time you didn't know you all as physicians didn't know where to go on this thing either that that was how uh that was how widespread and crazy COVID really really was and now we're starting to focus in on that. And Kelly, you, you've done uh, um, some speaking on this now. You were in Washington, D.C. Uh, about a week or so ago uh, speaking to folks about this. Um, this is really, and I, and, I, and I guess I need to, I want to ask you, what was the reaction uh, when you were describing uh, the symptoms, uh, what looked like turned out to be long COVID? Um, I think for me, I think it was, I guess, kind of two-sided, right? I think... Let me just say this, I, I did wait three months to get into the long COVID clinic at Vanderbilt um, because there was a significant wait list, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, on my very first appointment, what was the aha, the exhale, but then the tears in the background was when my doctor told me we're treating, what we're seeing is a lot of similarities with people who've had traumatic brain injuries. So when you think of people who've gone through windshields and bad car accidents, mm. a lot of those same similarities are what they're seeing in long COVID patients. So on one hand, it was, oh, somebody has some type of answer. Yeah. And the other, on the other hand, you're like, what does this mean for my life? You know? Yeah. Um, but everybody at Vanderbilt, I will say, has made me feel heard. We have a long COVID support group. Um, the ages are from in the late 20s to in the 70s. So it just shows you the degree of difference in how COVID hit everybody, but we're all feeling a lot of the same things. So COVID didn't care who you were, what you looked like, where right. you worked, how much you made. Right. It hit you. Um, and I will say, you know, I think that the more we can get the education out, and you know I'm all about patient advocacy and health mm -hmm. education, mm -hmm. that's where my heart is. I want people to know about this. I want people to not just assume that, oh, I'm 70 years old and I'm just having problems concentrating. No, if it's different from the way you were before you had COVID, you need to at least inquire. Yeah. And then the second thing for me is with clinicians, start educating yourselves because I can't keep being pushed off to three and four doctors because now that's delaying me getting any type of treatment regimen or any type of clinical study participation. So just being aware, being educated, um, but I do feel a lot of hope right now because I have doctors like Dr. Crepolini and Capolani and Dr. Jackson and Dr. Wes Ely. I mean, just the list goes on and on sure. at Vanderbilt sure. of just they're like I'm family. It's family right now. That's a wonderful thing, Dr. Kripalani, um, Before I let you guys get out of here, what, what? So you know, you you all you know have this specific unit uh, that you're that that you're addressing and dealing with here with uh, long form COVID. Uh, there is no cure for this. I mean, how do you how do you go about treating people? Or you know, what are the steps in this process? Yeah. 
for you as a physician? Well, I think the first thing to uh, recognize for us as physicians is that every person who on COVID is going to be a little bit different. Uh-huh. Um, everybody has different symptoms, um, different symptoms, and so I think for anyone who thinks they may, who thinks they may, with a long COVID clinic, uh, a set of doctors and hear what you're saying and be able to put it together and to say yes, this sounds like it on COVID, and then get you plugged in with the specialists who have some in this area and can help. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. There are some patients that I've seen where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't really think this fits. Sometimes it doesn't, um, but but in many cases it does. And if that's the case, I think having doctors on board who know, um, you know, what the long term effects are, what mm. the most common symptoms are, and mm. then how to go about treating those things is going to be key. Um, that's what's going to make people feel like they do have some hope that they are going to have some chance of recovery, and for them to get into trials or to get on some medicines that may help them. Uh, right now, there's not a cure. We don't have a cure, but there are a lot of trials that are in place and going on, mm-hmm. and um, some at Vanderbilt, some in various institutions across the country and even globally. So sure. there is a lot of money and time and energy um, being put in this space to try and find some help for people. So I think a cure is coming. Uh, we don't have it in hand yet, but I think it's going to be in the pipeline. So I think being plugged in with doctors who know what's going on on and are on the forefront of that is going to be key, the key to recovery. Absolutely that. And, uh, you know, I, I got to run, but I, I'll just say this, uh, Kelly, you, you're a remarkably brave woman and, and I've known you now for, for some years and, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you take everything, you're, you're very headstrong, you take everything very seriously, and you do care about health, and you do care about the health of others. That is why you spreading the message that you're spreading about long COVID, that this is something serious, and this is something very real that people need to pay attention to, uh, is really what is very, very important, uh, especially now uh, that you're dealing with it. And now the doctors, uh, like the Dr. Krebelani, are, 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 you know, really involved in this thing, and uh, Hopefully, you know, one day maybe there will be a cure for this. But in the meantime, you know how proud I am of you. And uh, keep, keep, keep uh, trumpet, you know, keep blaring the trumpet and keep letting people know, hey, you need to pay attention to this because somebody in your family might be dealing with it as well. Am I correct? Okay, I can't hear you. Did you say anything? Because I could, I, I didn't hear you if I could. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, well, listen, listen, both of you, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to come uh, on the show with me, of course, uh, Kelly Seeley and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Krapalani. I really uh, appreciate your time. And more importantly, I really appreciate the passion in trying to uh, understand what this is all about and educate uh, what this is all about to people out there. Uh, and I just commend you uh, for your work. And Kelly, of course, uh, you know, keep plugging. And all you got to do, anytime you need me for anything, all you need to do is pick up the phone and call. You know that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you. And Dr. Kribalani, thank you so much for joining as well. Of course. Thank you for inviting me to be here. I appreciate you both. You guys take care. Kelly, take care. I'll be talking to you soon. Dr. Kribalani, you take care as well. And, and thank you for coming on the show tonight. You all take care. Have a great night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. Uh, that was, see, this is the kind of thing that a lot of people take for granted, health. Uh, we take our health for granted. We, we take, uh, you know, where we are, and, and, and sometimes we think we know more than we know. Uh, the human body is a wonder. I, I say it all the time. Things happen all the time that medical science just can't figure out. And COVID may be not on the front page of the headlines, but it is still for many, 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 many people 
uh, an issue. And we really thank uh, Kelly uh, and Dr. Crepolani for coming on the show. We'll take another break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, your uh, health, mind, body, and spirit. This is Real Talk Memphis for this Monday evening. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WIXR comes from Dillard Companies, selling commercial doors, glass, gates, and security products to building owners and property managers for over 75 years. Dillard Companies understand the importance of security and offers products and services to meet the needs of their customers. For small business owners or large corporations, more information is available at DillardDoor.com. Let's take it back in time to Cool Summers by Mint Cream Market. Shop with Memphis artists and makers alike. It will feature music from WYXR DJs every last Saturday of the month starting June 24th at the High Cotton Brewery located in the Historic Edge District. Thanks to Mint Cream Market, Memphis Medical District Collaborative, and WYXR. More information at mintcreammarket.com. At WIXR, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and businesses who are making an impact in Memphis. If you are looking for ways to spread the word about your business on air and want to support WIXR at the same time, email us at sponsorships at WIXR.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Nothing is more important than your mind, your body, and your spirit. Uh, and for a lot of us uh, out here uh, in this world, we're dealing with so many pressures. We're dealing with so many things that are going against us. And a lot of times we don't really know when we need help or if we do need help, uh, we don't know how to ask for help. Well, I have somebody here with us tonight. Uh, she's the founding organizer of Memphis Black Healers Collective. Uh, now, she's also uh, a, a yoga instructor as well. Uh, but when I was reading up a little bit uh, on this, it seems like everything is connected. But So please welcome to the show, uh, Jackie Oakland. And Jackie, it is great to see you. It is great to have you on Real Talk tonight. Thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show tonight, Chip. Listen, uh, so tell everybody uh, a little bit about uh, this organization and why it is and was so important to start in the first place. 
Absolutely. Memphis Black Healers is a community uh, of alternative uh, healing arts, holistic, and traditional medical practitioners dedicated to nurturing the healing of the Black community. Well, that, that in and of itself, uh, you know, it, it, it is a mouthful. How, how do you go about doing that? So right now we are working to bridge the wellness gap uh, for the black and brown community by partnering with other local grassroots organizations who are doing work in communities and they're looking to bring a healing element to the work that they do. So for example, in May for Mental Health Month, there was an organization, um, Community Health Partners, that hosted a mental wellness fair in the Douglas community at the Douglas Community Center. Mm -hmm team of practitioners came in and provided yoga classes, uh, sound bath, Reiki, energy healing sessions for that particular wellness fair. So our team comes into the community and brings our bring our gifts of healing to the individuals and to the communities in our black neighborhood. You talked about uh, mental uh, illness. Uh, mental illness has been something for a very long time uh, that many folks just did not want to talk about uh, for shame or, or for whatever reason in particular. It was just something that was that was that was so hidden, you know, uh, kind of behind the kind of behind the closet door. Now we are seeing so many cases of it uh, these days. Uh, true mental illness uh, is a very real thing. And uh, as you've been uh, doing your work, uh, with your organization, are you finding that uh, to be the case? And uh, and if so, uh, you know, are you are you surprised at at the number of, of cases you may have seen in terms of folks who might be dealing with some type of mental illness? So, as it relates to mental illness, um, it is just like if we have physical illness in our body, it is not something to be ashamed of or something to have a stigma or taboo around. However, because of the nature of it and the misunderstanding around um, what mental illness is and how to properly treat it, then oftentimes people don't receive the help and the support they need. And so with the advent of the crises and the pandemics that we've experienced, such as COVID, such as um, racial uh, in injustice, that causes us to experience higher instances of mental illness because of the way it impacts our nervous system and it impacts us as a being. And so we have seen increased uh, instances of individuals dealing with things such as depression, anxiety, uh, and other types of conditions that impact our mental health. This is a very, very important, uh, you know, conversation. You, one, one of the things that I read, uh, you know, on uh, on your, uh, your your page for your organization, is you all deal with the mind, the body, and the spirit. All three of these are different, but they are all connected. Tell me a little bit about that. So when we talk about uh, us as people, we have a spirit component of us. That is the part of us that connects with a higher power that uh, allows us to tap into our purpose and our reason for being. We have our body temples, the, the physical mass part of us um, that allows us to do life here on earth. It allows you to sit there and talk behind the microphone. And then we have our mental capacity as well as our emotions. And so they're all, it's all integrated. Oftentimes the physical manifestation of illness that we are experiencing is a result of what's going on in our emotions that hasn't been dealt with properly, where we have not had the proper space to uh, deal with our emotions in a healthy way. Mm. 
be a mental situation going on where it's impacting us on the emotional level and because of us not having the healthy way to manage that we will feel the effects of it in our bodies it could be stiff joints it could be tenderness or inflammation mm-hmm. and thing is integrated and connected and that's where the holistic approach comes in it's spirit mind and body and looking at how factors such as environment how factors such as um systemic issues impact the health and wellness of an individual. Just because someone is experiencing digestive discomfort doesn't mean you automatically give them an antacid and think that it's going to treat it. Why is your stomach continuously hurting? What's going on around you Mm. that is digestive discomfort? Because more than likely, if you're not digesting your food properly, you're probably having issues digesting something emotionally and it is showing up in the way your body is able to digest the food that you're receiving. So everything is integrated and connected. That is really, that, that that's really something. And of course, you're a certified yoga instructor. And I know yoga is, is one form of, of, uh, of a relaxation, I, I would imagine. Uh, a lot of folks are, are involved in that these days. And, and I think more and more people are getting involved in that for whatever particular reason uh, there are. are you finding that as well that that is this is yoga is becoming really kind of a uh, kind of a mainstay for quite a few people out there what we are finding is that individuals are looking for um natural ways mm. to rest to care for their immune system and to care for their nervous system and so yoga is merely one of those practices or tools that helps to calm and relax the body and sends a signal to the nervous system, I am safe here and it is okay for you to relax. Mindful breathing is another tool or practice that you can use to address stress and to help bring the body into the present moment, mm-hmm. anxiety and stress because oftentimes we're anxious about something that hasn't even happened yet. And so taking a moment to pause and breathe is a very powerful tool for helping with mental health, mental health, emotional wellness, as well as physical wellness. And so that's why you're seeing more and more people participating and engaging with practices such as yoga and taking time to breathe and getting outside because all of that helps to nourish our uh, immune system helps to nurture and support our nervous systems in a very healthy way. Well, you know, I uh, I, I really uh, appreciate uh, what it is that you do, and and really, uh, you know, your focus on 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 all of us, uh, you know, as, you know, as a whole, and uh, you know, with uh, with uh, everything that you suggested, and you know, it's all connected, and, like, and I think more importantly, what I got out of this is that. Everything is connected, whether we think so or not. We need to understand that everything that, that goes on with us, you know, it's either connected, you know, mentally or physically or emotionally. And, uh, you know, and this is what you were talking about. This is this is why I think this is extraordinarily important. I, I just want to I want to thank you for coming on the show, because I think you have provided some very valuable information. If more people want to uh, maybe uh, get in contact with you or or learn more about your organization, do you have some contact information you'd like to share with our audience? Before we do that, Chip, if I may just share with the listening audience about our yoga festival, our second annual Black Mental Wellness Festival that is happening this weekend, Friday, July 7th through Sunday, July 9th. Mm -hmm. 
is uh, Minority Mental Health Month. Uh, B.B. Moore Campbell started this awareness campaign uh, to bring attention to the importance of caring for mental health and mental uh, wellness in the Black community and acknowledging that we have unique needs as it relates to us being Black people. And so the event is no cost to attend. Uh, we'll begin on Friday and end on Sunday. And all day Saturday is an opportunity for the community to come and experience various kinds of yoga, mindfulness sessions. Uh, the most significant thing is that we're going to have a community conversation that's being led by black mental health professionals. There you go. That and anxiety, depression, understand how substance abuse um, is something that impacts our mental health and how our mental health can sometimes lead us to um, maladaptive behaviors such as uh, substance abuse. So it's going to be a beautiful, very nurturing, supportive space for us to come together, break down the barriers, yeah. and provide for the entire family. And where is it going to be? Where is it going to be? They will be at the Harriet Performing Arts Center on Lamar Avenue. We'll be back at the Harriet Performing Arts Center on Sunday to close out the event. And then Saturday, we will be at Bridges downtown, and then we'll walk over to the Black Seats Urban Farms and finish out the day there. Absolutely excellent. Uh, Jackie Olsen, thank you so much for, for coming on the show tonight. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners got a lot out of it. Thank you, and you're welcome back anytime. I really appreciate uh, what you do, and I really appreciate the knowledge that you provided for us tonight. Thank you so much. Forward to coming back again. They can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Memphis Black Healers Collective to get all the details. Thank you so much, Jackie. I really appreciate you. Have a great evening, and I'm sure we'll be talking again down the road. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our final break. That was extraordinary uh, conversation, and I hope that you got something out of it. And if you didn't, uh, you know, if you need to reach out to me to find out the information on how to contact her or the organization, uh, please do so. They're going to have a big event this weekend, and if you can, go out and check it out. Uh, our final break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about revitalization of one of the cherished neighborhoods in our city. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Healthcare through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the broadcast on this Monday evening, Chip, with you. And we talked about it just at the beginning of the uh, of the uh, hour. Uh, the Westwood community is one of the more cherished uh, neighborhoods over in South Memphis. Many of you uh, who are natives of this city, you know, you, a lot of you grew up over in that area, and you remember uh, that twin uh, drive-in movie theater that was uh, a landmark there for a long time. Well. Uh, the, through the passage of time, of course, the theater, uh, you know, closed down and was, and you know, the area in and of itself, uh, which was once a thriving area, uh, has, has sort of fallen on hard times. Well, uh, one man and one group and one organization is trying to uh, revitalize that area. Please welcome to the show, Reverend uh, Melvin Watkins from uh, Mount Vernon Baptist Church. And, of course, uh, he is uh, heading the uh, uh, Westwood Community Development Corporation out there. Uh, and, and it's great to see you, Melvin. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Glad to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about this project. You have been, uh, you, you know, you, you uh, and a lot of folks, I would imagine, a lot of the residents there, you recently had a big cleanup campaign uh, over there this past weekend. Uh, but this effort to revitalize uh, this area, which was once thriving, tell us a little bit about that and why that's so important. Thank you. Well, first, thank you for allowing us to allow me to come on to your uh, program and have a word to say about what we're doing mm. in the Westwood community. Um, as you noted, the Southwest Twin was closed down in uh, 2001, and it has uh, been an area of blight for over two decades now. And um, uh, Westwood is a beautiful community, uh, a place where um, a lot of history and uh, that Southwest Twin is also a historical landmark, mm -hmm. not only for Westwood, but also for the entire city. Mm -hmm. um, and so the church, of course, Uplift Westwood, CDC, the city of Memphis, and other partners um, have come together uh, to work on revitalizing the Southwest Twin. So there might be something that will bring life and encouragement uh, to the community to address uh, a blighted, a very blighted area. And uh, we're hoping that it will not only uh, serve as a, a, a place for, uh, you know, something uh, beautiful for the community to see, uh, but also be a place to provide access to capital uh, for our neighborhood. So we're very excited about it. Uh, we're happy to um, see so much traction and so many things taking place uh, in, in, around the Southwest Twin. And so thank you for allowing me to come on and have a word to say about it. The uh, uh, the entire uh, the project, I, I know I read I've read several articles about uh, your effort. Uh, and I think it's a big deal that the city of Memphis uh, uh, seems to be behind you, uh, uh, what you all are trying to do. And I and I mean, you you kind of want to recapsule, you know, and, and it, it, what it was back in the good days, you know, when we had banks and we had grocery stores and we had libraries. And I know those are some of the, the, the main things you want. You want a police precinct there. You yeah. really want to you don't want to. I mean, this is just more than a cosmetic uh, makeover. This is something uh, that will have some legs for a long time to come. Should you? accomplish it correct of course absolutely isn't it, you just listed everything that we want over there um a sportsplex a library 
the police station. Those are two of the immediate things that will happen. Of course, the uh, police in the uh, library. Uh, we would like to have a sit down, several sit down restaurants over there, possibly uh, things for uh, kids to come and have fun and grow and uh, get educated and grow in their knowledge of, of the world. Uh, so we want a, a wraparound type of thing happening over there. Yes, we would like to have, um, of course, you know, gymnasium, community centers, sure. and different things mm -hmm. that will help the community. Grocery store, bank, there's not a bank. You ride down Third Street from uh, probably from Mallory. Um, yeah, the Mallory area all the way down to the state line. There's not a bank. Wow. So we want a bank there. Um, in the library that's there is very small. The Levi Library is very small. Mm -hmm. We're trying to service a large community. So having an enlarged library, a, a renovated library, an enhanced library would be very helpful. And then, of course, um, to allow the police stations to um, spread out a little bit and also to provide safety, um, security, a sense of security. Rather, we know God watches us regardless of of everything, but uh, having the police stations be very helpful. Absolutely, that and you know, of course, uh, you know, as you said, there's a history there, and uh, you know, for, for for many of us these days, uh, schools and, and and states around the country are trying to take away, uh, you know, the history, you know, that that many of us as a people uh, have helped to to found. And and I was listening when you were talking about the library, but this is this is really a history lesson. Uh, not only for people who, who used to be there, but but for this next generation to understand what that community used to be. Yeah, the Westwood community. Um, you know, uh, Brother Washington, I, I, I kind of, my language is a little different as it relates to talking about Westwood, but the truth of the matter is you're right. Um, I guess I always speak in futuristic terms, you know, mm -hmm. but um, th um, there has been some some changes and uh, we have, in, our, in my assessment, have been left on the fringes of investment. And so we are looking forward to more and more investment uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, the community is thriving. Uh, it was once thriving even more than it is right now. Uh, but um, there has been a lot of changes, not only in Westwood, but throughout the entire city in many neighborhoods and areas and communities that were once high and uh, the economy was booming. Uh, those places have changed because for a lot of different reasons, people are moving out, moving, trying to go as far east as they can go, just keep going and going and going, mm -hmm. trying to get away from this and that. But we're learning that you can't get away from it. But that's another story. Uh, but you're exactly right. Westwood has a lot of history uh, and it was once thriving more than it is right now. And we're, we're praying and believing and working very hard that we would uh, bring it back to what it was and even surpass that. Well, it seems as if the community is uh, very much behind this effort, and they really want to help uh, with this project. Listen, I, uh, you know, we're going to keep up with you, and we're going to keep up with this project. And listen, I'd like you to come back every now and again and kind of give us some updates on on some things that some you know that as the progress continues to move forward. Uh, right. and, and certain things happen. Please come back on the show and uh, and, and and tell us about it because uh, uh, we need all the good news we can get around here. Man, thank you. You're exactly right. And again, I appreciate having this time to chat with you. Appreciate you, uh, Reverend Melvin Watkins from Mount Vernon Baptist Church and uh, the head of Uplift Memphis, Uplift Westwood uh, uh, Community Development Corporation. Thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you.
Man, I tell you what, this has been a great show tonight. Really, really, really good show. A lot of uh, vital information for all of us, and I hope that we paid attention. And I hope that, of course, uh, you know, each and every week we try to provide you with, uh, you know, something that maybe you didn't know uh, that now you can talk about. And as Brent plays us out, uh, again, thank you all for uh, checking in. Uh, Facebook Live line. Uh, I see my pastor's on here. Jonathan, Jamal, Mick Reynolds, Bishop McReynolds. Reverend Dr. McReynolds, <laughs> whatever title you want to use, he's got. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. And, and so many other folks here. My my Facebook line is not, there it is, uh, not really working here. Uh, Jay Worth, my man, appreciate you as always, man. Uh, appreciate you all for supporting us. And look, we're going to try to be here next week, same time, same station. And we'll try to do it a little bit better. So in the meantime, for Brand, for Nicole. For Lola, a.k.a. Level Lola, uh, and for all of us here uh, on the Real Talk team, I'm Chip. We are out. Have a great week. Have a safe week. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon.